with my seatbelt, I was buried from the waist down. Um, I was buried for 13 hours because the, the flight crashed at night, but they didn't find it till the next day. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Santagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. Uh, for anyone out there that wants to be a part of the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can go to OPLshow.com or send us an email directly at OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and head over to Patreon.com slash OPLshow if you want to help support the show. And you'll actually get weekly bonus episodes of behind the scenes so you can kind of see us prepare and you'll know what topic is coming up for the upcoming week. So head over to Patreon.com slash OPLshow. So today we're going to be speaking with a woman named Michelle who was on board American Airlines Flight 965. This was a flight that was scheduled to travel from Miami to Cali, Columbia on December 20th in 1995. That flight never made it to its destination. It crashed into a mountain in Columbia and 151 out of the 155 passengers were killed. And Michelle, who we're speaking with today, is one of the four survivors. So Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today and taking the time to share this story. Hi guys, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, of course. So to start, can you just walk us through the day of the flight? Just sort of what was the occasion and who are you with? Okay, so it was the first time that um, we were flying as a family, my mom, my dad, and my brother and I. Um, my brother had already been to Colombia before with my dad and my mom, but I hadn't. And it was, like I said, the first time we were t actually flying together. Um, it was the first time I was meeting my dad's side of the family over there. It was like supposed to be like the biggest Christmas family reunion um, that that day. Um, I okay. don't really remember um, much like before just like a little just a little bit you know that i could um tell you guys um i remember just like we were rushing that morning it was from we were taking a flight from jersey and then to miami and then from miami to columbia um we were rushing that morning there was like a big snowstorm that day and um the flights were delayed we were we almost we almost like flipped over on the way to the airport because of the ice on the road that morning. And once we got there, um, they told us that we were able to go on the flight. It was just like, oh, it was just like a whole rush. Mm. And um, I was just really excited. I remember being really excited. I was, it was the first time I was on a plane and I was just super excited to, to be with my mom and my dad and we were flying, it was Christmas. And as far as, as far as that i remember and then just having like a like a little argument with my brother right before right before the the plane like started having difficulties um oh so so while you were on the plane you were arguing with your brother i was yeah we, we were fighting over the window seat me and him were fighting uh he wanted to see like my dad was like oh you could see the lights and everything like the city so i was like oh you know I, I wanted to be at the window so he got mad and he left and went to the other aisle to sit with my cousin michael claros that was also on that flight so uh 
you know, you mentioned that like there was some difficulties. Like what was happening? Was there turbulence or what was going on with the plane? So not that I remember, not that I recall, but from my dad, from what my dad has has told, um, he said that there there was like a vibration, like a really strong vibration that the plane started doing. Like like uh they were I'll explain it in a little, but yeah, so there was like shaking, the plane was shaking and then the lights were flashing, they went off, and everybody started screaming. Those were the difficulties I was ta- I was talking about. Mm. That the pilot alerted the the you know all of the people like oh you know we're we're five minutes or ten minutes I'm not exactly sure that they were almost gonna land. So everybody you know fasten their seatbelts, blah blah blah, and then that's when that started happening after. And we didn't mention in the beginning, but how old were you at this time? And how old was your brother? So I had just turned six in November 3rd. I had just turned six and my brother had just turned 13 in September. So we were both like, you know, he had just turned 13. I had just turned six. So that that's so young to be six. So in in those moments before, I know I mentioned kind of the one of the last things that you remembered is just arguing with your brother over the seat. Um, but was there ever any fear or understanding that something might actually be wrong with this flight or did that not even cross your mind? No, I don't, I don't think that even crossed my mind at, at that, like at all. I was just, I just remember being super excited. That's it. I just was very excited. And my aunt and my other two cousins were on that flight as well. So we were just excited. That's all I remember. But no, I never, I never even never even crossed my mind at all no fear nothing wow so you you've talked about this before and you've written some pieces and um there's a piece in the guardian and kind of touching on what what you said earlier you wrote my dad remembers a little more the plane severely shaking the lights going off people screaming then the plane crashed into a mountain so i know you were young and you don't remember that i guess chaos and commotion but at what point did you, you know, sort of wake up and understand what was going on? And can you just kind of walk us through those first moments of uh, understanding that the plane had crashed? Yeah. So what I remember, like my dad remembers before. He remembers a lot. He remembers before and more like after, after, you know, waking up after the plane crashed. I remember, I just remember after, like I remember waking up and I knew like, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew that I wasn't in my bed. I was like, I know something happened. I'm not in my bed. I'm not, you know, in New Jersey. I remember being on the flight. I just did had no idea we had crashed. And I just remember hearing like the murmurs like of people. I just remember a lot of hearing like a lot of cries and a lot of cries for help is what I remember waking up and, and, that's when I started shouting for help as well. I started shouting for help in English and in Spanish. I was just, I was just like, wow, like, you know, and then eventually. What, where were you exactly? Like, what was the scene around you? Were you? Yeah, I'm wondering like what like the plane sort of looked like at this time too. So it was very dark. Like, I remember it was just super, super dark. Like, just like little bits of like, like little cr- creeks of light like coming in I didn't 
I, I at that time I didn't know that I was like in the middle of the plane you know in the middle of the plane I was literally with my seatbelt I was buried from the waist down and I didn't know I didn't know at the time wow. so um I was buried for 13 hours because the, the flight crashed at night but they didn't find it till the next day they didn't find the you know the, the plane had crashed till the next day so we were in like the in like a mountain in Buga it's called in, in Colombia it's called Buga the place where we crashed and it was freezing I remember it was so cold like a lot of the people that that were injured and there a lot of people were alive but a lot of people died because of hypothermia because of the cold wow i was i was gonna ask because you said that there you know there there was only a few survivors but at that point where there you said you heard murmurs where that did it was there more people that kind of survived the initial crash i think so definitely like first like for first my brother my brother was alive my brother was alive and he he died at the hospital on like during surgery. He was alive. A lot of people were alive, but like I said, they they were, you know, imagine the plane crash at night. They didn't find it until the next day. So a lot of people died because of the cold. A lot of people were freezing. And even my, I remember my father um, told, he's, he's told before the story that when while he was trying to get out of of the plane he had to take a blanket from somebody you know the blankets they give on the plane on american airlines that blue mm-hmm. one they he actually had to take it from somebody and he actually used that to signal the helicopter that was that kept coming around and around and around and that's why they saw us was because my dad m- story you know um that the pilot well that the helicopter that was driving the helicopter told that he just had a feeling and that he was like let me just go one more time like one more time like i said we were in the mountain and there was like so much like um trees and they Mm. couldn't get to us because of that because i guess we were like in the jungle basically and that's why they saw us was because my dad had to grab one of the survivors that had the blanket, he was waving it in the air and that's how they saw us. So did you, were you able to communicate with any of your family members? So your dad was, you know, okay enough to kind of take a blanket, wave it. You were, I guess from our understanding, kind of still literally in your seat and seatbelt, but like stuck and and kind of buried in, I guess, the wreckage. Uh, What about your other family members or any other passengers? Did it get to a point where you started communicating with other people so let me explain this in order um so when i started yelling i guess for help my dad heard me i was sitting with my mom and my dad my brother was on the other aisle with my cousin so when i started i guess when i started yelling for help my dad heard me and my dad was like oh my god like my daughter is alive he said that he felt my my mom was like he felt my mom's leg but it was it was cold and he you know he didn't know that she was dead at the moment but he was like he just thought like oh okay well it's freezing up here you know it's probably because of the cold then he heard me and he tried to get to me because my my dad had a fractured spine he wasn't even i don't even because of because of god you know and our faith now that we believe in in god and jesus i know that it was it was god you know 
that that helped him get to me because there was no way there was like no scientific way possible that my dad could have could have reached me with a fractured spine like he wouldn't have even been able to move he said he literally had to drag himself like with his hands he had to drag himself to me and he even tried he said you know when I when I heard him he was like you know Michelle Michelle like and I was like dad I'm really thirsty the first the first words that came out of my mouth to him were dad I'm really thirsty I want water and he's like okay okay you know I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get you out he tried to get me out but I was like no no like my I was in pain my legs were hurting I was I didn't know at the time that I was buried and that's why you know he wasn't able to get me out but his first reaction was I need to get my daughter out of here so he dragged himself I don't know how out of the fuselage out of the you know the aircraft and that's when he started seeing you know everybody around him and all the you know all the bodies on top of each other and the other two survivors that are still alive today Mauricio and Mercedes Reyes um that's who he saw you know they were alive and he took the blanket from Mauricio that was you know covered up because of the cold and he started waving it in the air to let because he saw the helicopter he heard it so he started waving it and then that's when they found us and they couldn't the helicopter couldn't reach to he couldn't get to us because there were so much trees and it was just impossible to so they had to by foot they had they were the rescuers the paramedics were like on foot up the mountain when they found me they literally took parts of the plane and made a bed out of it and when they found me if you guys ever see any pictures online i literally my shirt was off and i had just like my little skirt my legs were so swollen that you would have thought it was like a 30 40 year old woman you know if you would have seen my legs and everything they put me on there and they had to bring me down by foot it took three hours for them to bring me down and the helicopter obviously you know finally they brought us up in the helicopter and they flew us to the hospital but that's that was how everything happened they literally carried you out of the plane on pieces of the plane down a mountain yes yes down a mountain and was there like any fire i imagine like a a plane crash would result in some sort of like explosion right yeah i would have thought the same but i don't understand how that didn't happen and it's like the plane the plane like broke in half and Mm. that and that's how that's how they found it but no nothing exploded nothing thank god or we probably would have burned to death right yeah at at what point also i mean you're being you're so young and you're kind of just like looking around like do you notice like all of the wreckage and you're like oh my god there's a bunch of people who are dead like around me right now no honestly at that age i all i i remember as they were bringing me down on that out of that bed i just kept i just kept telling them like i'm really thirsty can i please have water and they told me like no we can't give you water so they would take a cotton ball and give me drops of water from that cotton ball until i finally got to the hospital and i remember just hearing like just like a lot of chaos and just i just wanted my mom at that point i know that's i just never i'm never gonna forget that feeling of i want my mom i want my mom yeah and 
it, it like pains me to even ask this question, but right. Like as a six year old, as this all unfolds and you realize, well, I was with my family, like, where's my family in your case, where's my mom? Do you remember when you found out that your mother and brother did not survive? I just, I really don't remember. I think, I think it's like a, I don't know, like a defense mechanism that you just block <laughs> out just things that are so painful, you know, that you don't want to remember. But I do remember that my dad, that I kept asking my dad, where's my mom, where's my brother? And my dad told me like, you know, they, they're on a, they just kept telling me she was on a trip. Like she was on a trip and she was going to be gone, but she would come back soon. And then obviously when I got older, you know, they were like, you know, your mom is in heaven. And I just remember that, you know, I just remember that little, that little part. Wow. And also, you know, you said that you remember your brother being alive and when you were being carried away, was he still back where he was or were you, did he, did he get taken away before you? So not that I remember, but my dad, my dad is the one that tells a story and he says that he heard my brother, that he heard my brother asking for help, asking him for help. And he couldn't find him. He couldn't see him. And because it was because my brother was hanging from a tree and he was very, he was very hurt inside. He lost a lot of blood and, and he, I never saw him, but I know that he passed away during surgery because he was just so injured inside. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't even imagine, you know, what, what that is like. And also for you, you said your legs were super swollen. What kind of injuries did you sustain from the crash? So I had a fractured femur in my left leg. I had a fractured femur and my legs were buried from the waist down. I still have the marks of my seatbelt. Like if you, like I could, I still have them like on the sides of my hips and I lost my nerves from the waist down. Like I didn't, I, I, the doctors told my dad I would never walk in my life that I would be in a wheelchair forever. And I think if I read correctly, you were in a wheelchair for some time, but you, you no longer are. Yes, correct. I, um, I, I had, a I had years of therapy. Like it was very painful, the recovery. I had to learn how to walk and, you know, I would, I, the only way that I was walking at that time was with these braces that they got, gave me the do the hospital like I was in a wheelchair but they gave me these braces and I had to wear like these orthopedic shoes that I remember I used to hate wearing them and I had to go I had to wear them like through basically my whole childhood so that I would be able to walk and and I just remember hating to wear those because they were so uncomfortable and that was the only way that I could walk was with those mm -hmm. braces if I wasn't in the wheelchair but currently now thank god to the miracle that he made i i i fully i fully walk my legs are fully functional except for one nerve on on my on my right toe that i never recovered that's incredible wow that's really good to hear yeah so beyond just i guess the physical effects of surviving this it, i can't even imagine the psychological aftermath of living through that i mean you think of things like survivor's guilt first of all plus just the the trauma of that 
the fear that you know could be instilled in you from something like that i mean when did you i guess first begin to kind of process all of what happened to you and do you remember what that was like yeah you know that's like a really hard question that i've never got asked but i think that like i you just you never fully recover for something like that i i've learned that i've learned to heal my pain and and some of my trauma because of my faith in god because he's the only reason i'm here and the only reason i've been able to to just be where i am today i think that when did i start when did i when i start when i started processing everything was when i first we were we were born and raised catholic but we converted into christianity after the accident and um my dad um i think like 15 years old is when i really started to be to to really realize like wow like i i'm i'm still here and 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 i just i don't know i just i i don't even i don't even think that I've, i'm fully like recovered from that but but um but i do i i i the the fact that i'm able to talk about it now you know i feel like it's 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 been a process and i am a lot more healed now from how from from everything like mm-hmm. growing up and and just because even after you know after the accident and and the recovery and the therapy and and just my dad you know my mother passed away you know my dad remarried and he had other kids you know it's it was a lot it was a lot so so i don't know i i just to answer your question i don't i don't i don't know i don't think you really ever fully recover from something like that right it's an ongoing process it seems but it just a testament to just the resiliency just the ability to just continue living starting over in a sense i mean this is it's just such unimaginable circumstances and it's it's crazy because it's a fear that i think uh, almost all of us have had you know we all have to get on planes specifically and just give up all control and that's really scary for a lot of us and to you know go through what you did physically emotionally but with your family too um but it is amazing to hear just again that resiliency to walk again when they said that you wouldn't to be here today just sharing this story as you you know continue to process this continue to heal like you said and and found you know your faith that really helped you through and that's incredible thank you thank you so much yeah we really appreciate you coming on and like talking about this i can't imagine that it's the easiest thing to you know sort of relive and um you know i i i can't even imagine kind of going through something like this and it is good to hear that with therapy and i assume physical therapy as well that you are able now to not have to be in a wheelchair it's truly like a a miracle so it's yeah definitely how would you say that or or i guess how has this like living through a tragedy like this you know losing family in that way i mean has it kind of shaped the person that you are today and and the way that you live today oh definitely definitely i can say that 
the you know my my perspective on life and never taking anything for granted especially my family is definitely shaped me into the woman I am today and my faith first you know first of all my faith in God and and because because if it wasn't for God I wouldn't me and my father wouldn't be here and I've just it's definitely shaped me into to the woman I am today for sure yeah and do, do we know exactly why the plane crashed now so i i to be honest just two years ago it's called american 965 it just premiered in july of this year in select theaters and they i just found out i was actually in italy for my birthday two years ago and i met my i met him because my dad facetimed me and he was interviewing my dad for the film and he is the reason why we found out why the plane really crashed because originally they kept saying that the plane had crashed because the pilots were drinking and they were excited about you know going to colombia for vacation and they blamed the pilots for the reason that the plane crashed when in all reality it was that was totally false. And the real reason the plane crashed was because of malfunction that mm. the plane had. They, they, the, their aircraft, the 757 Boeing, their motor, the motor that they carry is, is manufactured by Rolls Royce. That engine from since the 1950s, they know that the engine leaks oil mm. and they wow. knew American airlines knew that that engine leaked oil and they, never had they never it's still an ongoing issue today that we're still fighting that they have no air filtration system in the plane in those in those aircrafts in the 757 boeing and the 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 left engine where the where the cockpit is where the pilots you know where the pilots are flying that's the that's the air that we breathe it comes through there and that's the air they breathe so it's contaminated air that they were breathing and obviously you know now we know that it you know it it has side effects with the you know with your brain and everything else that if you're breathing you know contaminated air they were disoriented and we can hear now 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 everything makes so much more sense that they were disoriented they didn't even sound like they were the wife of the pilot that died even says it today in the film she's in the film and she says like I didn't, Donnie, which was one of the pilots, Donnie Fury, he didn't even sound like, like how he was. He was 20 years experienced as pilot. He taught pilots how to fly and he, they made errors that it didn't make no sense. And now mm. we know that it was because of that. That's the reason why the plane crashed. So they were disoriented from the, from the, leak. from the, yeah, from the leak of from the, the engine. engine the the air that we were breathing were contaminated so they were disoriented they they made mistakes that only a rookie would have made you know they mm. were veterans so they did never never in the investigation did they ask those questions and there's plenty of evidence and there's plenty of evidence now that we know that that's the reason why the plane crashed that's wild wow and does it like does it help as as like things like this are uncovered or you meet this director like to i guess 
immerse yourself in a way into the details like i know i i could imagine some people might say i don't want to know anything about this i just want to move on but i could also see how learning more about it understanding you know why this happened could help so like for you is it in a way comforting for like lack of a better word or does it just help you move on and process all of this to obviously keep sharing your story learning the details and things like that definitely it's it's been learning this information has been a closure mm. for me and my father to know now that it wasn't the pilot's fault and this grudge and resentment mm. that we've been mm -hmm. holding for so many years and even meeting her and meeting the pilot's ex-wife and hugging her and crying and knowing wow. the truth has been very like it has helped us heal even more and be and now know like wow the people that were responsible which was america which was american airlines you know that were fighting for them to acknowledge it and actually make a, a filtration system on these planes that wow. how are you know like how are you going to carry citizens and the pilots that are flying that are responsible for our lives are breathing contaminated air like that is an ongoing issue still today mm -hmm. that is like a goal you know that we that they that they you know not protect themselves and actually do something about it it definitely has been uh closure for us and it has helped us heal more now knowing the truth for sure yeah no totally that's yeah that's it's interesting and that's it's cool that you're kind of behind that cause to obviously because you would never want something like this to happen again um but wow before we wrap you know i just want to know if there's anything you haven't covered or just any kind of last message to leave with anyone i think it's just for you to just be in the position that you're in telling this story and being able to you know live the life that you're living now with what you've been through and you know i know there's things that i'm sure have weighed so heavy on your mind like i remember reading you know you mentioned like a little bit of guilt at first about like switching the seat with your brother because that could have been different when he was fighting for the window seat um down to i read something about how the four passengers who survived were all seated within two rows of each other so it's like i can't imagine where your mind goes when you hear something like that or think back about you know your last interaction with your brother but for you to be able to you know move past that and and have the faith that you have and just be able to share this story you know anything for anyone going through or that has gone through any sort of tragedy trauma that might be you know dealing with those mental obstacles just anything that you want to leave them with yes of course i um i definitely want to tell everyone out there that you know god is real god is real i am living proof me and my father are living proof of it he is a god of miracles a god of second chances and if you believe in him then anything is possible anything with god is possible healing trauma i never thought that i would ever heal from something like this that i would never get over something like this the 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 miracles that god has made in my life is the reason why i owe my life to him and i just want to encourage everyone out there to to just, you know, if you don't believe in God, you know, just give him a chance because believe me that he is definitely a God of miracles and he will just change your life completely. And also, um, 
if you guys um I know you guys have this podcast and everything um but I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um the BB have you guys ever heard of BBC? Yeah, yeah. The radio like the, the channel or yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. yeah, the broadcast. The um so they did an interview on us and it broadcast next week Thursday December 16th. It's going to be 44 minutes long and it's like a deep deep interview that you guys, you know, if you guys are interested in listening, it, it's going to air next week on, on the 16th. And it, it really dives deep into into our story. Okay, amazing. So that's BBC December 16th. So that'll, by the time this episode comes out, that will be out for people to, to check out. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's definitely going to be like the, the highlight of their podcast that day. And they're going to send me a link. So I will definitely share it with you guys. Um, But I just want to thank you guys for, you know, reaching out and and sharing my story. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on and, and, uh, you know, taking the time to kind of, you know, relive this. Uh, I know it can't be super easy, so we really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, yeah, send us all that info and and we'll be uh, sure to share it because I'm sure our listeners and viewers will, will definitely want to dive even deeper into your story. So thank you so much. Okay, guys. It's been a pleasure. All right. All have right. a good one. Have a good one. Bye. Before we get to our final thoughts on this wild episode, I just want to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Maybe you've been wanting to try therapy for a long time, or maybe you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. Luckily, with BetterHelp, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's all done securely online, so no awkward waiting rooms, and it's more affordable than traditional therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Other People's Lives listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com. Dot com slash OPL. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So head over to BetterHelp.com slash OPL and join the over 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Uh, well, that was just, uh, just a wild story. I can't even imagine being six years old and you're sort of trapped on the side of a mountain your your legs are trapped too which was interesting like two broken legs straight up and it's freezing like what a nightmare dude like i, I like I, it's 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 just so it's it's literally a lot of people's biggest fear like it's to to the extreme i mean it sounds like it it's a plot of a movie it sounds like because of yeah. how just intense and and terrifying that must be and it's just it's crazy it's just whenever you hear a story like that like directly from someone who lived through that it just it's a crazy feeling man because like she went through that like that is part of her life story she experienced that she lost her family i mean she was it's uh, it's just insane but it, it almost like she was six years old so it wasn't able to fully comprehend what was happening maybe that was like a blessing in disguise also because mm. imagine being completely aware of what's going on and knowing like all of these people that I know 
are dead now and I'm surrounded by dead people. Like her father and, in that situation. Yeah, dude, you know? her father. And then also it just being freezing and 13 hours. That's wild. Yeah. Like I I can't, I can't even imagine, man. And, and, and to come away from that and just know that, I, I don't know, man, that is, that is so, that is so rough. And, and, you know, I'm so, I'm super happy for her to, 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 for the progress that she has made through therapy and physical therapy to be able to like, she's walking now fully functional mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I think, um, even from what I read, we didn't get into it, but I think, you know, she has a family of her own now. I believe she has a daughter. I mean, it's just it, it, in the simplest form, like the fact that she is here just sharing the story and living life is is positive is good is just that's like that's amazing because a lot of people that go through something like that uh i'm sure and i'm sure it wasn't easy for her but would have a very very tough time just getting to that point of just normalcy again you know and like living life not in just constant fear also you know that that's because the odds of something like that happening are so slim but then for it to happen to you um and then to survive then to survive it too is even slimmer yeah like if we i'll add a a, a tidbit of positivity i you gotta fact check this but from what i read um there was a dog on board and the dog somehow survived also wow i know isn't that nuts that is unbelievable and uh you know wow crazy story and uh you know just really thankful she came on to talk about it with us like it's a good perspective to have someone who goes through something like that especially at a young age and to see their perspective on life and you know be able to see them like get past it and like you said start a family of their own like it's all it's all good in that regard um but yeah very very wild episode honestly um but for anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our show uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, hit us on our email, oplpodcast at gmail.com, or just go to our website, OPLshow at, uh, oplshow.com. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at oplpodcast. Become a patron at patreon.com slash oplshow. And uh, promo code for you guys, uh, if you know about our card game, Pay the Price, just use OPL at checkout at paythepricegame.com, and you get 15% off. Thanks for listening. Yep. See you next time.